You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 64. As always, I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me, again, as always, our voice of reason at RedLegNation.com, Bill Lack. How you doing today, Bill? Voice of reason? Well, I'm trying to. It's a holiday season. I'm trying to be pleasant for once in my life. It's, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh start. <laughs> a fresh start. And, and I should have said, I said, welcome to uh, ep- episode 64 of Red Leg Nation Radio. I should have probably said, welcome back, because uh, we've been sort of off the air, so to speak, for a while. And um, as we, uh, Bill and I discussed earlier, sort of a confluence of events uh, conspired to uh, sort of take some time away from us that we had devoted uh, earlier to Red Lake Nation Radio. I got a new job. Uh, life kind of uh, jumped up and bit us all. And then, of course, it was sort of a dispiriting season last year anyway as it, as it moved on. And then uh, we're hoping, uh, I think Bill said, it's going to be our new, new Year's resolution, I believe. Is that what you're saying? I hope so. That's what we're going to try to do. Before we get off of this, I do want to thank our new columnists on, on, on the nation because I think they really helped pick up the slack last year when some of us kind of tailed off, and, and they deserve a lot of credit for keeping the, the, the blog going very strongly last year. Well, we've got some great new additions uh, that we've made here to the blog uh, at Red Leg Nation over the last you know six months or so, and I encourage everybody to go read uh, – uh, Jason and Steve and uh, Richard and uh, some of the new guys that uh, Brian Jackson's uh, posted some things for us. Uh, really, some I, I agree. I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, we've got some fresh faces with some fresh ideas, and uh, and they're all outstanding writers. And uh, you know, I think that in, in a lot of ways, Red Leg Nation is stronger than it's ever been. If uh, you and I can just uh, hold up our end of the bargain, do some of these podcasts on a regular basis, uh, maybe we'll have it figured out. Well, that's the plan, you know. And sometimes these new guys are even right. Imagine that. <laughs> I think everybody's just assumed that you and I are not right anymore. Uh, with well, the, uh, that's a whole different. That's a whole different ballgame. That's right. So, well, we'll jump back into it because it has been uh, a fairly busy month for uh, for the Reds after the off season started quietly, uh, and you know we all sat through last year's off season wondering, oh gosh, are they going to do something? And, and Walt Jockey, our general manager, sat on his hands last off season. We saw how that worked out. And it started to look like that this year. The GM meetings came and went, and there were no uh, no announcements. And then, boom, a flurry of activity, starting with uh, the trade for Matt Latos uh, from the San Diego Padres. And, of course, the trade was uh, the Reds received Latos, and uh, the Reds sent to San Diego Yonder Alonso, Yasmani Grandal, Brad Boxberger, and everyone's favorite, Edinson Volquez. What were your initial thoughts uh, to the trade, Bill, and have, they, have you changed your mind on it uh, one way or the other? My initial thought, I mean, and I didn't, and I'll be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about Latos at the time. My first initial thought was, holy crap, that's a lot of stuff to give up. But then as I read more and I, and I looked at Latos' his, his, his peripherals, I, I love this deal. I, I just can't say enough. You know, I'm glad somebody woke walled up. Um, you know, I think he was in the rocker and, and just you know rocking away and real happy. And somebody snuck up behind him and hit him with the pin, and he jumped up and said, "Okay, we'll make the deal." <laughs> That's you know, it. The, the thing of this deal is to me, uh, Volquez had, had, had the Reds in a bad position where they didn't know what to do with him. He was the only the only guy in the organization I think liked him at this point was Dusty. Uh, and this way, they kind of Dusty proofed the roster. Uh, he did. He was out of options, I believe, so he couldn't have gone back down again. Uh, I don't, you know, with the, the control problems he has, he wasn't set up for the bullpen. So this kind of was addition by subtraction. Uh, yonder, you know, I'm not convinced he was as bad defensively in the outfield as he looked for the Reds, but. As much as people complained about Adam Dunn, I don't think Yonder was as good defensively as Adam Dunn. So, uh, in Grandel, the words I've heard about his defensive capabilities is brutal. So, you know, to me, and, and they were both blocked. I mean, Grandel was blocked by, by Mazzarocco and assuming Devin 
is the player at the major league level that he's looked like in the minors, and there's no reason not to believe that. You know, Grandel's blocked. Yonder was blocked for at least two, you know, if he didn't work out in the outfield, he's blocked until they decide what, you know, make a move with Votto. So you, you traded some spare parts and, and a guy you didn't know what to do with anyway. And so really the trade comes down to the question about Boxberger and are you really going to lose a deal like this over a relief pitcher? I don't think so. Well, I think that's a pretty good uh, analysis. When My first thoughts when I heard the trade were, you know, I, I liked Latos anyway. And I thought, well, you know, I like getting him on our team. And the, the word started coming out who all was going back and the names kept getting uh, brought up. And uh, some of the really top names uh, in terms of prospect status in the organization and uh, my first thought was sort of similar to you oh man is this that's an awful lot to give up the more i thought about it the more i looked at latos and uh, what we should expect for him and then when i realized that the reds are going to have latos under uh, contract basically for the next four years yeah uh, i'm all in I, I think it's a fantastic deal i think that walt had to do it um you know yonder alonzo they basically sent uh, three first round picks uh, over to, to San Diego. Yonder yeah, was a conditional, wasn't he? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's there's they sent talent. You know, the pot, the Padres got uh, you know fair compensation in this deal. But from the Reds' standpoint, number one, I think Yonder Alonso, and this is my opinion. I don't know how much it's shared by uh, other other Reds fans, but Yonder Alonso should be a good major leaguer. I don't see Yonder Alonso. Truthfully, ever making an all-star team. I think he's probably overrated by Reds fans in terms of uh, his ceiling. Um, he's going to be good, but is he going to be an elite hitter like you have to be as a first baseman uh, to be a, one of the top first baseman in the league? Because first base is the only place the guy can play. Um, you know, and I just I don't see that out of him, especially not playing in San Diego. Um, so he's a good player, but you know, maybe not as great as what everybody uh, wants to believe or wants to hope. And plus, as you said, he's blocked. Grandall, I think if Grandall can stick at catcher, you mentioned the defensive questions, and those are questions. If he could ultimately stick at catcher, uh, that's the piece of the trade that I think is the one that's really going to, at a later date, going to look like, oh, that's who the trade was for. Um, because evidently the guy's just uh, very mature at the plate, good hitter. Um, Boxberger, I think Boxberger probably could have been in the Major League bullpen this year, probably could have been an effective reliever. But I like the way you put that. Uh, are you, are you going to, you know, not do this deal? You're going to let a relief pitcher hold up the deal? No, I don't think so. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind adding him in there. Volquez, uh, you know, I'm just thankful that Volquez turned down the uh, multi-year the, contract the that contract, was offered him yeah. last yeah. year. We uh, really Walt Jockey dodged a bullet on that one. So yeah, good trade. I'm I'm all for it, and I think it makes the Reds better for 2012. 2013, uh, which is our window here of opportunity with uh, Votto under contract to really hopefully do something. Yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, Christmas, you, you talk about the – well, I think I think you always overrate your prospects. I think everybody does that. And it's funny how – I've got a nephew that's a big-time big, big Reds fan, very knowledgeable, smart kid, really – and we were talking Christmas Eve, and he just hated giving up Yonder Alonso. He says he's going to be a 330 – 30-plus home run hitter, and I said, I don't see it. You know, if he'd have stayed with the Reds, I'd hope he was right. But, you know, I told him I see him more as Sean Casey. Yes. Uh, I, I don't see him ever having that kind of power. So we made a small wager uh, on uh, Yonder's career. And then after after we made the wager, I said, you really think he's going to hit 30 home runs hitting in Petco? <laughs> <laughs> no, I and don't see went, it. And he went, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> But you brought up the control issue, and, and, and I didn't mention that. And, I, and to me, that's the key to this deal, the fact that they control this 24-year-old kid for, what, four years, I believe, four more years? Four years, yes. That makes this deal what it is. Uh, you know, I mean, sure, you're always on the hairy edge when, you, you know, when you're dealing with a pit. You're giving up this much for a pitcher, and you never know one day to the next what a guy's arm's going to do. But, you know, you, you, you got to make those kinds of, 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 of trades, I think, to be successful, especially when you're a small market team. Um, I, I love this deal, I, and I like it more every day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one more note on Alonzo before I go back to the point you were making about uh, about Latos. Uh, you know, I, I do like Yonder. I think he's going to be a good player. But 
one thing I want to give uh, Walt Jockley some credit for here is, really, I think that he traded Alonzo at the height of his value. I, I'm not sure that Alonzo was ever going to be more valuable than he is right this very second. He had a good, you know, third of a season or whatever in the in the majors last year. I really hit better in the majors than he ever hit in the minors. I don't expect him to be that 30 home run guy in the majors. So I think that uh, Walt pulled the trigger at exactly the right time on Alonzo, and, and uh, you know, I think he traded him at his at the height of his value. Even even if you believe he's going to be a very you know even if you believe that he's going to be a very good player, which a lot of people do, and and like you're saying, I tend to agree with you. I don't think he's going to be a 154 OPS plus guy or a 940 OPS guy. You know his career. Even last year, he had almost about 98 plate appearances and he only hit five home runs. Right. You know, so he's not going to be a home run guy unless as he gets a little older. His, some of his doubles turn into home runs, which happens, but I, I don't see it happening in Petco. And I don't see him hitting 330. No, absolutely not. I just I can't see it. Um, and I think, you know, those Padres, they're not too long ago had Adrian Gonzalez there at first base. I, I don't know that they're going to be exactly pleased with what they're going to get out of uh, out of Alonzo. He seems like a great guy, and he's been working really hard, uh, evidently, to get ready for this season. And um Done a lot of PR work for the Reds, and you know he just spent a month uh, basically in Cincinnati. It seems like doing PR and Reds Fest, and you know um, he seems like a good guy, hard worker. I wish him the best, but I'm really happy to have uh, Matthew Adam Latos on the Reds roster at this point. I agree. You know, and and just to look at Latos really quickly, we talk about having him for four years. You know, this is a guy that's had a couple of pretty doggone good full seasons in the majors already. He just turned 24 about three weeks ago. Um, so, I mean, this guy is he's young. Um, you look at uh, he made his major league debut in 09, then had a, his first full season of the majors was 2010. Started 31 games, 184 innings pitched, a 2.92 ERA. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, all his peripherals were excellent, uh, his K rate, uh, walk rate. Um, and then, of course, 2011, not as effective. He started the season on the disabled list, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't considered serious. He only missed a couple starts and then came back. As a matter of fact, his, his debut last year after coming back off the DL was against the Reds, and he threw 94 pitches, struck out seven. Uh, the Reds actually beat him uh, in that game, uh, but he only gave up four hits. Um, so, you know, he ended up uh, with an ERA um, in the threes last year, but... Uh, which is nothing to sneeze at, even in a bad year. Oh no! Oh no! No! And <laughs> and in the second half, that you know, after he got, uh, they said he got his all his strength back. In the second half, you know, his ERA was two point eight seven. His K rate, uh, walk rate, really, uh, you know, as good or better than what he had the year before. Um, and over his last seventeen starts, only gave up more than three earned runs once, and so he gave up four runs in one one start. So you know, there's nothing about this kid not to like. Um, he was an elite prospect. He uh, has done nothing but good things as far as I'm concerned the majors. And, and the fact that the Reds have him for four years, starting at age 24, um, you know, pairing him with Cueto at the top of that rotation, uh, that'll look good in the playoffs. And they're only th- I was just looking at this. Their, their age difference is only three months. So, so, I mean, they're basically the same age. Yeah, You know, I think that – I don't remember where I saw this, but uh, he's younger than Yonder Alonso. Yeah. Leto. So, I mean, you know, we're talking about trading, uh, and, and, and maybe three months older than Grandals. We're talking about trading these I, prospects. I take that back. They're about a year and a half different. I'm, Is that much difference? Yeah. But there's, I mean, still, I mean, in a grand scheme of things. Yeah, they're very close. And we're talking about yeah. trading these prospects, though. But we've got this guy who has performed at an elite level on the major league level. Right. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're going to try to win now, and we're going to talk in a moment about this window of opportunity here, uh, the next couple of years while the Reds still have Votto, and this is the type of, like you said earlier, the type of trade you have to make. This is a guy that there's a very good chance could be a legitimate ace for the Reds for the next four years. Uh, yeah. And uh, that, that's what they needed. I'm, I have no problems whatsoever with this trade. Um, I know people say the Reds gave up a lot, and they did give up a lot. I wish they didn't have to give up so much. But if I were Walt Jockley, I, I would have done this trade in a, in a heartbeat. And I think if you look at if you look at the uh, the, uh, the the survey the the poll that we're running on the on the on the site, most people are agreeing with us because a, a vast majority are, are rate this as an A or a B trade. I mean that's 
overwhelmingly, it's, uh, what is it? It's 78% are reading this thing as an A or a B trade. Uh, 15 votes out of 844, 1% are listing it as an F and 7% are listing it as a D. So the fans are overwhelmingly in favor of this. At least the Red Leg Nation fans are overwhelmingly in favor of this trade. Well, I like to believe that uh, all the all the commenters and the people that read Red Leg Nation are the more most informed Reds, Reds fans out there. So uh, maybe that's why. Uh, now the Reds also made another trade. We'll go ahead and uh, jump into that. Obviously, this week, and uh, you know, some mixed opinions on this trade. Maybe we need to run a poll for this one. But the Reds traded. Uh, with the Cubs, which kind of worries me because Theo Epstein's the GM of the Cubs now, and I've got a pretty high opinion of him, but they get back Sean Marshall, who's an outstanding, outstanding relief pitcher. And they've traded uh, to Chicago left-handed pitcher Travis Wood, outfielder Dave Sapelt, and uh, Ronald Torres, who uh, looked like a second baseman, just a 19-year-old, but a highly regarded second baseman, um, or infielder anyway. He plays around the infield. Uh, spent last year at Class A Dayton. What are your thoughts on that trade? Uh, they get I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. And I hate it for the same reason that I love the other trade. There's no control. We've, I mean, basically, two, we're shooting our, 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 our whole bolt on 2012. Marshall has not, you know, I would never have made this deal without an extension in place. With an extension in place, I don't have a problem with this deal. But for one year of a relief pitcher who's going to pitch 70 innings for me, it's too much. It's, it's just, to me, it's crazy. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't have so much to do with the players involved. I like Travis Wood a lot. I think I probably like him more than most people do. Um, Sapelt, I'm not sold on. Doug Gray is over at Reds Minor Leagues is very high on Dave Sapelt. Uh, I watched Torres play at Dayton, and I think at Dayton he played solely second base. I don't ever remember him playing another position. He's very good. He's very small, little guy. He's 5'7", and he's a little skinny stick guy. Uh, but he hits the ball hard. He scatters it all over the place. He, he runs pretty well, plays very good defense. I mean, you know, at 19 years old playing low A, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, he projects to anything because I don't believe that anything projects from that from that level. But uh, they gave up a lot for one season of a relief pitcher. And, and you know, if we just said, you know, we weren't going to let the other deal g- get held up by a relief pitcher, this is a crap load to give up for a relief pitcher that can walk on you after, after one season. Well, it is sort of the converse of uh... – Having Latos under control when, like you said, we've only got Sean Marshall for one year. Marshall now, let's, let's acknowledge one of the top two or three relievers probably in the major leagues the last two years. This guy's a shutdown relief pitcher. I mean, he's a great pitcher, but he is a relief pitcher. He's only going to throw X number of innings. Um, and, you know, they've only got him for this year. Uh, I think that's where this trade turns as well. If, uh, if they can sign Marshall to an extension, I'm not, you know, I don't have really not getting the warm fuzzies from Sean Marshall uh, about that, based on some comments that he made. But if they right. could, if they could do that, I would, uh, you know, I'd be on board with this trade because it helps the Reds get better the next couple of years. I'm a fan of Travis Wood. I think Travis Wood's going to have a pretty good career, actually. Um, Sapel, he's a fourth outfielder to me. Um, I like the guy. He plays hard, but you know, he I, I've never seen what some other people saw in Sapel. Um, I, I think he could be a good fourth outfielder on the major league level, though, and there's value in that. But again, he's not somebody I mind trading away. Torres, eh, you know, yeah, he's a highly regarded prospect, but he's 19 years old. I don't know. Um, this comes down to me that I would probably trade, make that trade for uh, two or three years of Sean Marshall. One year, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a hesitant. Uh, I'm with I'm with Walt Jockett on this. Hey, let's go all in to win these next couple years because they, they know they're going to have Votto for at least the next couple years, and it's their best chance of uh, of winning. Um, I just it, it seems like an awful lot, like you say, for you know seventy innings. Uh, give give away all that for seventy innings of uh, of what's probably going to be good relief, but still seventy innings uh, is not a lot. So yeah, I don't think anybody's arguing that this doesn't improve the team this year. Uh, I, I think these two trades have taken our, our pitching staff from, I think, maybe a C 
to a B plus with a possibility of moving into an A, depending on some other factors. Uh, I think that the Latos, you know, vastly upgrades the, the, the bullpen. I mean, uh, vastly upgrades the rotation, and Marshall vastly upgrades the, the bullpen. It gives them two very good left-handers in the bullpen, assuming, and that's assuming that Chapman isn't even in the bullpen. Right. Uh, um, but it, it, the other problem I have with this deal is because of the Latos deal, and you gave up so much in the Latos deal, you've you've really take your 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 depth in the minor leagues has taken such a hit to turn around and make another deal that really hits at the depth in your minor league organization, you know, really puts your minor league organization in a hole. Now, I know we've got, I, I forget how many, we got, what, three or four picks in the top 50 or something this year? Yes. Uh, assuming assuming that Cordero signs somewhere else, I believe. You know, and, and with this new, and with the new contract agreement, it's that we'll probably be able to get them all signed, hopefully, uh, and won't have to offer major league deals. But so you know, and that gives you a good a good opportunity to, to rebuild your minor league organization. But we went from top third to bottom third in a, in a period of about three days. Yeah, I agree. And you know, um, well, I don't know. Uh, I guess the the question for me is: Is Walt done? And uh, uh, is he going to trade some more of that depth? Um, it. Uh, I've said that I'm all in. I agree with the all in strategy. Um, but yeah, if it doesn't work out, uh, we've thinned the ranks a little bit, uh, in the well, minor that's leagues. Well, the other thing, you know, we've heard our depth, you know, of, of if we would lose somebody, let's say we lost, and I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about Votto or Bruce or Phillips. Cause if we lose one of those guys, we're done. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any difference. You don't replace, you don't lose superstars for extended periods of time and continue to compete. Right, but if we would lose a Stubbs or a Heisey, even who comes up and plays there, I, I can't tell you anymore. Well, and that's uh, another issue that I neglected to mention a moment ago that I had with the uh, Marshall trade uh, is you know depth in the starting rotation. Travis Wood, uh, you know, if we do get someone hurt, you know, Travis Wood was a nice piece to have um, to make spot starts or to come in and, and if you didn't make the rotation. Uh, out of spring training, um, now they're really sort of thin on the starter front a, a, a little more as well too. So yeah, I think that uh, if if we have any kind of significant injuries, this team is sunk. But if they can stay relatively healthy, yeah, they're they're in pretty good shape. Um, they probably need to, and I mentioned a moment ago, uh, and we'll go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump into this. Is Walt done? Is, is he have, does he have some more deals up his sleeves? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think. I still think he's going to find an outfielder somewhere. I, for, I don't think this team is. I don't think this team believes that Chris Heisey's a, a, a even a platoon left fielder. Um, I think they're looking for somebody to play left field every day. I have no idea who or what they're willing to give up for it. Um, but I, I, I would not be surprised to see them move. I would. I'll be honest with you. I would not even be real surprised to see him move Homer Bailey if they thought they could get an outfielder for him. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I wouldn't like the deal myself, but I don't know what the answer is. I, I'll be honest. I don't know what the answer is in the outfield. And, and I hear people talking about you know people that study the minor leagues, you know, and, and pay a lot more attention to it probably even than I do. You know, I hear people talking about Dennis Phipps. And I hear people talking about Neftali Soto, you know, being fill-ins. But these are guys, you know, that, that last year was the first big year. And, and last year the light went on for Phipps, and I'm not convinced that the light's on. I'm not con- you know, he, he's got to – I'm like that guy from Missouri. He's got to show me. Uh, I, like this, I like the Brackman signing that the Reds made. I like this Josh Judy signing. I think he might be able to help him at some point. Um, but do I think he's done? I, I also think, in my heart of hearts, I believe he's going to bring Cordero back at closer. I, my concern is what the contract will be. Um, if they bring if they bring Cordero back at closer for any more than 
I would hate to see him sign for any more than one year. But I don't think he's going to come here for one year. I think he's going to come here for two years, and my guess is you're probably looking at $15 million. And I'll hate and I'll hate the deal. I'll yeah. just hate it. Yeah, if it's that much, it's going to be well. That won't be that won't be an efficient signing. I I think he's coming back as well, um, and and mainly because his market's kind of dried up, and I think maybe he overestimated what the market would be for his services in some ways. But really, there's only two uh, that I can think of free agent closures still out there: uh, Coco and uh, of course Ryan Madsen. Um, and, yeah, you know, Bailey got traded yesterday. He yeah, wasn't free agent, but he was on the market. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't know who else is available. There may be somebody else available via trade that I don't uh, know about. But I, I'm like you. I think that uh, Francisco Cordero is coming back. I don't have a problem with that in the abstract, depending on the cost. Um, and uh, you know, the way that uh, Jockety and everyone seems to be talking about uh, their plans for Sean Marshall, use him as that setup guy. That signals to me that they're still looking at Coco um, or Ryan Madsen, but I would be sort of surprised. I think he'll probably be more expensive um, than Cordero even. And uh, but the good news about that, uh, you know, the, the signals that they're going to put Sean Marshall as the setup guy is that also signals to me that they're serious about Aroldis Chapman in the rotation. Because he'd basically be taking uh, Aroldis Chapman's eighth inning setup role uh, away from him, and uh, and I, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. So um, yeah, better late than never. I mean, <laughs> I agree. Should have been a year ago they were doing this. Yeah, but. I mean, he should have spent all last year at Louisville. There was no, re- and especially when they got to the point where it was very apparent that they weren't going to make you know, that they weren't going to make a run. Right. There was no reason for him to still be up here at the big club. It was just. It was just. Trying to put, you have to believe it was just trying to put butts in the seats. I, I guess well, either that or it was just gross negligence. One of the two. Well, it's one of the two. Uh, what what I see is I see a guy that you've got for a limited amount of time, and why would you not want to maximize his value during that time? And to yep. me, uh, the maximum value would have been uh, getting him as a an elite starter on the back end of that contract, rather than having him. Ma- he you know he probably provided a little more value to the major league team in the bullpen last year, obviously, than he would have as a uh, Starter, but that's awfully short-sighted as far as I'm concerned. And I think yep. they they put they really put his development back uh, a year. Um, and I think by the end of that contract, they're going to be regretting that decision. But I, it's you know, but like you said, better late than never. Uh, hopefully, he'll be a, a starter. Um, and you know, he and, and Homer Bailey are really going to be kind of the keys uh, to how that uh, rotation looks this year, as far as I'm concerned. With respect to left field, you mentioned a moment ago, I was really, really, I, I didn't, I didn't think it would happen, but my dream was that the Reds would be able to sign Carlos Beltran. And frankly, I would have given him more than the Cardinals gave him. But that's what makes it even worse that the Reds didn't get him is that he went to St. Louis. Yeah. I think, I think Carlos Beltran would have, uh, really solved a lot of problems for the Reds. And they would have had the money to, to sign him if they hadn't given that stupid contract to a guy that I love, really probably my favorite Red, but Bronson Arroyo last year, um, well, the, the two contracts that, that are killing this team right now are Bronson Arroyo and Scott Rowland. Uh, they're just destroying any 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 flexibility in the payroll. We told and, you so. And, and they're and they're right on Walt Jockety's desk. I mean, you, you, there ain't nowhere to blame but the, the general manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, just horrible, horrible decisions. And and that's my concern with you know with Cordero. If they give him a two-year deal, what if he drops off the table this year? You know, and at this and at some point this season, you you, you have to make a change and, and put you know, I don't know Marshall, Chapman, Massett, or Arredondo, I don't know who, but you have to make a change at closer. Which you know, as we've seen the Cardinals do, sometimes you do it just because you know that's what you got to do. And 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 then what? Then you're stuck with a year and a half of chat of, of Cordero that you don't. You're afraid to pitch him, or or you eat the contract and, and you know and you're you're twelve million dollars left on the hook. It scares the hell out of me because it goes. Walt has shown a propensity for for paying players for what they've done in the past and not what he expects them to do in the future. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I, I have the same concerns about a Brandon Phillips contract. 
I agree. Although Phillips should provide more value, you would think, uh, in a contract, um, than, you know, Arroyo or, or Roland yes. or should be, could have been expected Absolutely. to. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not degrading the job that Brandon Phillips does at all. And as any of our long-time listeners know, he's not one of my favorites, but, but he's, he, he comes to play every day. Uh, for the vast majority of the time he plays, he plays hard. And I, and I believe he's matured over the last couple of years quite a bit. Absolutely. Um, but he's getting older and I don't have his numbers right here in front of me. Uh, at some point he's going to start dropping off and I would tend to see, I mean, he's a better, let's be honest, he's a better defensive player than he is an offensive player. And I think you'll see his defense drop off fairly steeply. I, you know, and, and he takes a lot of risks now. Okay. He's 30. Um, you know, you know, and, and he had his best year in the majors last season uh, in terms of OPS plus anyway. Uh, but, you know, he wants to be paid like an elite second baseman, and he is an elite second baseman. I, I, I'm not begrudging that. But a team like the Reds with the, with the, with the uh, payroll liabilities that we have, we can't afford to sign Brandon Phillips to a four or five year deal. We just can't. We can't pay him until he's 35, 36. You end up with a Scott Rowland deal. Well, I think they're going to, and it'd be easier to absorb a contract like that if Scott Rowland wasn't being paid and, and, you know, this literally just wasted dollars on Bronson Royal. And, and, and I don't remember. Do you remember? Is there a back end on those contracts? A deferred, any deferred money? There is on, actually, I think there is on both those, Rowland and Arroyos. Um, so we're going to be kicking that can for years. Yeah, you know, I. Um, it, it reminds me of I think Bobby Bonilla, if you recall Bobby Bonilla from years past. He's be, he was paid a million dollars by the Mets this year as part of that deal. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, that that's that's present money that could be used for actual uh, players. I don't like. Uh, I know sometimes the Reds have to get creative, um, but I just don't understand why you get creative for a guy like Arroyo who, bless his heart. I mean, it was pretty clear that he's on the downside and. And, and, you know, I love the guy. I love watching him pitch when he's on. He's fun to watch. He's a great personality. Uh, and he's had a really good Reds career. Um, but, you know, you just, it's not smart to, to commit those dollars. And that's dollars that could have gone towards a, a Carlos Beltran this year. Um, it just, it, it bothers me. Um, How many, the other thing is, and I know, and you, uh, you know, and I, and I really realize that everybody was dreaming about this, this Beltran thing. But how many tickets do you think that would have sold? I think it would have sold a, a, ton. a number. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a n- more evidence that they're going all in to win, and uh, you know, they well, kind of all of a sudden you've got this guy that's an offensive force right there in the middle of your lineup, hitting behind Joey Votto in front, probably in front of Jay Bruce. I mean, lordy, <laughs> definitely. Uh, and, and the other thing is, you say if you if you if you sign Beltron. That gives you another trading chip if you want to use it, you know, either Heisey or, or Stubbs. Right. I don't know. I... Well, it would have it would have gone along with this Latos and and the Sean Marshall deal for what that's worth. It would have gone a long way towards sort of repairing some of the lost goodwill. The Reds squandered a lot of goodwill from coming from that 2010 division championship season by just doing nothing to improve last year. Um, and they, they really squandered an awful lot of goodwill with the fan base, I, I think. And uh, they, they've made a couple of steps here that could be seen as, you know, getting that back. But, yeah, signing a, a stud hitter would have, uh, you know, been another mark in that column. Um, and, 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 and would have sold some, sold some tickets, got some butts in the seats. So. Absolutely. But in the end, I think we both believe, I won't put words in your mouth, but uh, as of right now, this is a better team than we had last year. I think the pitching staff is better. I think offensively, there's still a lot of questions. Uh, you know, and you and I, we talked about it a little bit before we went on the air here. You know, we're very concerned about the, the reactions to, to Devin Mazzarocco if he struggles. Uh or if he comes out of the gate and struggles some of the, the fan reaction to uh, Chapman, if he struggles in the rotation out of the gate, these are young guys and we need to be patient with them. Um, 
you know, I don't know what I, I don't have any idea what a reasonable expectation for for Devin Mezzarocco is in his rookie year in the big leagues. Um, I think you know, looking at the positions, I think we can expect you know a better offensive year out of Jay Bruce. He regressed a little bit last year. I think you can expect a little bit more out of Jay, out, out of out of Stubbs. Uh, I think you can expect a little bit more out of your shortstop position. You would hope offensively because it couldn't get a whole lot worse. Dear Lord, I hope so. Um, but left field, third base, first base, second base—I don't know. Uh, you know, I think Votto is what Votto is. I, I, I don't think you can expect Joey to give you a lot more than he has last year. Um, Brandon Phillips had a career year, year last year. I, I think I don't think you're going to see him with another 119. Uh, OPS plus this year. So that'll probably drop a little bit. Third base, who the heck knows? Yeah, who's it going to be? Well, you know, you keep, you know, they, they keep trying to, you know, and this may just be the Reds putting a, their, their spin on things. You know, they keep talking about how rolling shoulders feeling better than it has in years and yada, yada, yada. But what does that mean? Does that mean you get a hundred games out of him? I, I don't know. Um, and, and let's say, let's say, let's, let's say we're living on a, you know, in a perfect world and we, let's say we get 120 games out of Scott Rowland or 110. Who plays those 40 or other 40 or 50 games at third base? Is it, is it Miguel Cairo? You know, I'm not even real sure why he's on this, on this team, but that's a whole different thing. You know, is it Juan Francisco? Is it Todd Frazier? I, I honestly don't have any idea. Uh, what their plan is at third base. I mean, from everything you read, Francisco's their 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 first choice. But boy, I tell you what, he hits the ball a long way when he hits it. But when he hits it, yeah. Well, I, that was part of the you know we've complained about Jockley sitting on his hands last off season, and we said it over and over and over until we were blue in the face. You've got to have some plan for the 60, 80 games that. Roland's going to be out because there's it was every uh, indication, you know. Roland had a healthy year, relatively healthy the year before, wore down big time by the end of the year. But that's the first healthy year he'd had in you know last five or six years. Um, and I don't think the Reds, it, at least it, from on the surface, it does not appear that they had a very good plan in place to take those at bats. And this year you got to know that he, you know we may if we get 120 games out of him. As far as I'm concerned, that's a best case scenario for Scott Roland. Um, so yeah, they need to have a plan for who's going to get those other bats. Personally, I'd like to see Todd Frazier get them. I think they'll go with uh, Cairo or Francisco before Todd Frazier for whatever reason. I think I think the Reds did have a plan last year. I honestly do. I believe their plan was Juan Francisco. But if you remember right, he went down to Louisville and hurt his knee and was right. out for I forget what it was a month, two months, whatever it was in Louisville, and then they were kind of stuck. Because I don't think they knew what to do, and, and I don't think they had confidence in, in Frazier playing third base. And so we saw a lot of mishmash. Well, you, know, you, you when, could when, be right. When you stick a third, when you stick Yonder Alonso at third base for a game, you know that you're, you're, you're grasping at straws. You could be right, and that could have been their plan uh, from the beginning. I, I would submit that was a poor plan. To begin with, I'm not. I'm not high. I never have been high on Juan Francisco. No, me either. I think offensively he's going to make you wish, uh, dream of uh, Willie Green, and then defensively he's going to make you wish we had Edwin Encarnacion uh, back here. I, I just uh, he'll hit some home runs that'll look like uh, you know Willie Mopena, um, but uh, and in batting practice, boy, Francisco fun to watch. I just don't think he's an everyday major league player, um, and never have. So um, if that was the if that was the solution. I think they asked the wrong question. Um, I, think these, they, I think they have different. I think they have a different uh, level of respect for Juan Francisco than you and I do. Well, you know, I'm an idiot, so. Uh, oh, and I'm not saying that I know more than the Reds. That's right, right. But yeah. I, I, you know, and I, but I did spend a year watching Juan Francisco in Dayton, and and I and I realized he was young, and that may not be entirely fair. I, I understand that, but. He, made, he, as you said, he made Edwin Encarnacion look like Brooks Robinson, and that's not easy to do. No, it's not. <laughs> and that's coming from me. And I was a big Edwin Encarnacion fan, but you can't defend uh, his defense. Um, 
So, you know, it's going to be, I'm hoping to go back to our question, is Walt done? I'm like you, I hope not, because there are some significant holes here. I personally think the team is better than they were. Um, but, uh, and if everything goes right, could be very, very competitive. But there are some areas where things could go really, really wrong, um, both in the rotation and, uh, you know, left field, uh, third base, uh, and catcher. You touched on it. And I don't want to, I don't want to just gloss over it because people need to listen to this and, and we'll probably end up saying this over and over and over. Be patient with Devin Mesoraco. He's just a kid. The Reds, uh, you know, there's a pretty good chance the Reds production out of catcher is going to drop this year. Um, Absolutely. Because, you know, they had pretty good production. Bless his heart. Ramon Hernandez was about a billion times better than I ever expected he'd be for the Reds. And, and God bless him. I hope he has a, the rest of his career is fantastic. Um, I, I became a fan Except of Ramon Hernandez. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, Mesoraco may come out and be fantastic. But, you know, he's a kid. He's going to struggle some. Um, he may not come right out of the gate and be the player that we expect him to be eventually. Be patient with him. Eventually he's going to get there. This guy has all the talent in the world. Um, and, uh, you know. He, he has worked extremely hard throughout the minor leagues to improve himself at every level. From everything I've talked about, that's the one thing I've heard at every level that from people that I've talked to is how hard he's worked, especially on his defense. Especially, I agree. Uh, receiving the ball, I think, you know, when he first came to the minors, his, uh, and he was just out of high school, so, uh, young guy, but his, he got very poor marks on receiving the ball, um, and, you know, uh, blocking the ball. Uh, and frankly, evidently, he has, well, he's worked to where he's above average at, uh, defensively. And, uh, yeah. and, and a just, lot of credit of that should go to Donnie Scott, the ex, the ex manager of the Dayton Dragons, who spent a lot of time with Devin, from what I understand, his year at Dayton. Uh, Donnie was a, an ex catcher and did a heck of a job getting Devin started on his career. Donnie was a heck of a manager for the Dragons too. I think the Red, he's got kind of got a raw deal, but from the Reds, but that's a whole other matter. Yeah, I agree, and we may talk about that in a future podcast. But uh, but yeah, I agree with you about uh, Donnie Scott and and you know Joe Arrault, and um, there's another guy that I can't think of his name right now uh, that have all been big helps defensively to, to working with Devin. Well, I think that you should get most of the credit, frankly, because, you know, Devin was struggling a little bit until you brought him on to a, uh, did an interview with him for Red Leg Nation Radio, if you recall, and all of a sudden he became, you know, the top catching prospect in the majors, uh, shortly thereafter, so. Yep, and, and then we had him again last year and he had another good year, so I need to get Devin back on. Let's see if we can get Devin on because, uh, you know, we're, we're pulling for him and we really, we encourage everybody to be patient with him. It's going to be a growing process in the major leagues, but, uh, He's going to be fun to watch, and I'm going to, you know, it's it's been a long time since the Reds had a, a stud catcher. Well, Come. the other thing is, before we get off catchers, let's let's give a little credit to our our other cat, one of our other catchers in the system. One of yes, our yes, guys, Tucker Barnhart, another just a real good kid, but he was named a minor league Golden Glover, and let me tell you, that's a heck of an honor. And that's not we're, we're not talking low A. Yeah, we're not talking just within the Reds organization. No. Across the minor leagues, catcher for the minor league for the minor leagues. I mean, and that's just um, I I don't remember a red ever having that. I may be wrong, but I, I honestly don't remember it. I agree, and I, I'm thrilled with uh, his the progress he's making, and you know, a few years down the road, uh, uh, possibly a Mesoraco, uh Bornhart catching uh, tandem in Cincinnati wouldn't be too shabby. Yeah, Tucker in, in his minor league career thus far has thrown out 48% of the runners. Golly. He threw out 47% last year in Dayton. He threw out 49 and they, out of, uh, and they had 55 stolen on him. He also, he also last year in, in, uh, in, he tripled his chances and he cut his pass balls from eight to six. So he's still improving. Which is hard. To, it's amazing to think about. Yeah, uh, Tucker's it, doing a heck of a job. Uh, you know, there are questions about his bat, but he's a switch hitter um, and he's a great defensive catcher. And if he continues to improve, he'll make he'll he'll be in the big leagues someday. Yeah, he'll he'll craft a career for himself, no question. Yep. And, and by all accounts, just a superb young man. Um, yep. I, I don't know him very well yet. Uh, you know, I've talked to him, and I, I always stop in to say hello if I get a chance. While he's warming up up in Dayton when we're at a game, 
and he's always a very nice young man, and he, he seems to spend a lot of time talking to the fans and, and that kind of thing. So he's another one of our spotlight guys that we're very proud of. Definitely, and uh, we need to try to get him on the uh, on the horn uh, for a, yep. a talk before the season starts as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's the other thing that we haven't talked about is the uh, the effect that, that, that these trades have made on our minor leaguers. That's true. We may have guys playing above the levels where they really should be this year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some of our guys struggle. Not not our guys as in as in our spotlight guys, um, but that may be true with Tucker. Uh, but some of the Reds' prospects struggle a little bit this year because they're playing maybe at a level higher than they should be. Um, because, you know, they there's been spaces cleared out and it's got, you know, unless they keep the, unless they use roster filler and keep the prospects at the levels where they probably ought to be rather than promote them. And I don't know what the organizational thinking is. And and I don't know how organizations usually deal with this. And it's a a little early to, uh, to, yeah, absolutely. But it's something that did occur to me, you know, will will Tucker be in Bakersfield or will he be in Pensacola? Right. It's something to keep an eye on as the start filling out these rosters. Absolutely. You know, will Mark Flurry be in Pensacola or will be, you know, another guy that we've, we've spoken to. Right. Another very good guy. Um, Mark Flurry. Uh, will he be in, in Dayton or in Pensacola or will he be in Louisville? You know, the Louisville, they've, the Reds have signed this Brian Esposito and Corky Miller. They sign, kind of seem like the same person to me. I don't really understand having both of them. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, the other guy that may benefit from these trades is our, is our other spotlight guy, is Matt. Uh, I would think he's kind of solidified, you know, you know, it depends on who the organization brings in, but he's kind of solidified a place in Louisville, I would think. Oh, you think uh, so, yeah. And and Matt went down to, Matt's in Venezuela right now pitching. And uh, and you can look it up on MILB.com. Uh, he's pitched fairly well. His ERA is in the low threes. Uh, he had two very good starts. He got racked the third start out, and then he had a relief appearance, and then he had a decent start the, on uh, the day after Christmas, I believe it was. Um, but as always, you know, I, I, there's no bigger Matt Clinker fan than I am, just because I've gotten to know the guy so well, and, and I just would love to see him get an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues, if not for the Reds somewhere. Well, opportunity's the, the issue. I think you know he's he's pitched pretty well uh, everywhere he's been. He's got great command. Um, he could help a team, but it's going to be a matter of. Opportunity, and I don't know whether it's going to be here or somewhere else. I would love to see him just get an opportunity to. Yeah, Matt. Matt taste pitched, of it. Matt got hurt last year. Um, he, I, I believe it was he broke a rib, a floating rib or something. And I, I believe, and I, and I don't think he's told me this, but I think he pitched hurt most of the season, and I think his numbers reflect that. And and he had a he picked a bad a bad season to have a bad year. Right. Yeah. Because he, you know, if he'd have been healthy and putting up the kind of numbers he put up the year before, we might have seen him in Cincinnati last year. Right. Yeah. Or he might have been one of those guys that got put on the forty. Yeah. So we can only hope uh, that he'll get an opportunity. You know, the Reds still have three spots open on the on the forty man by my count. So, yeah. um, you know, who knows? Um, well, you know, that's sort of. We've hit the, the highlights of the things I wanted to discuss here with well, one exception we'll get to in a moment. But anything else you want to say uh, about these trades or about where the Reds stand now or anything we've not hit that you wanted to – you couldn't wait to uh, till next week to discuss? The only thing – well, and, and that, maybe next week we'll talk about where we see the divisional races, right, the division right now. Uh, maybe we'll hold off for a week on that. Okay, yeah, that'd be a good topic though, because there are some big things happening uh, elsewhere around the division that impact and, and, and Cincinnati's I think a chances. It's going to depend on where Prince Fielder lands. Right, absolutely. Um, he could uh, stay within the division, maybe Chicago, but who knows? But uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, some things have happened that you know, who knows may may help the Reds' chance. So we'll definitely get into that. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about here today was uh, within the next week or so the. They're going to announce the, the the balloting for the Baseball Hall of Fame, and we've all got our fingers crossed that Barry Larkin is going to get that call uh, uh, named to the Hall of Fame. And uh, you know, Larkin is, uh, and a lot of guys, especially people uh, around my age, are going to say this is this is the guy. This is the Cincinnati Reds. Um, you know, he's he's the guy who was with the Reds his entire career. He um, 
you know, I remember when it was either him or Kurt Stillwell. Mm-hmm. Well, the Reds made a good choice there, didn't they? Yeah, just a, <laughs> just a bit. I don't know who the GM was at that time. I don't remember, but he, he would be living in infamy if, he'd be, if he had made the wrong decision. Yeah, definitely, uh, with the career that Larkin went on. But I'm, I'm very hopeful that Larkin – everybody seems to think he's going to get elected this year. And, uh, you know, uh, just a big Barry Larkin fan, I'm very hopeful um, he gets he's that He's listed call. as the top, the top candidate on the uh, BaseballReference.com Hall of Fame list. Yeah, and, uh, you know, what an incredible career. I think probably underrated defensively um, because he played with Ozzie Smith and then became underrated offensively because some of these uh, guys like, uh, you know, A-Rod and Nomar Garcia-Para and, and, and Jeter started uh, making shortstop look like more of an offensive position. When Larkin yeah. was really uh, the best shortstop in the league, he was one of the very few that could actually swing a bat. And he was also an elite defender. I mean, this, he's the very definition of Hall of Fame as, as far as I'm concerned. And I'd be very excited if he does actually get in. Uh, he deserved to get in the, before now, but uh, but I'll take it this year. You know, the other guy that, and, and, you know, there's obvious guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame that are on the ballot. Jeff Bagwell's an obvious guy. Uh, I can't, and, and maybe I'm missing, I can't figure out why Tim Raines isn't in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Me either. Um, I, I, I just don't get it. Um, and you know maybe there's something that I don't see, uh, but I sure I remember watching Tim Brains play for many 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 years, and, and he's a he was a fabulous baseball player, and, and why he's not in the Hall of Fame I, I just don't get. I, I, he's 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 I mean I know Barry's going to get in, but Tim Raines is a guy that I'm rooting for. Oh, absolutely. You know there there are several guys uh, here. I think I three off the top of my head that. It just doesn't make any sense to me why they're not getting, uh, haven't gotten more support. Uh, one's Bagwell that you mentioned. I think he eventually will get in, but it blows my mind that he's not getting more support than he has. Um, 149 plus OPS for his career. It's, it's, it's inexplicable. Um, <laughs> OPS of 948. And he was hitting in the Astrodome. And, and you know the re, you know the reason why? Because he had muscles. And you were not yeah. allowed, you're not, and, and so there's never any suspicion about him, never any, uh, you know, it's a stupid steroid nonsense, and it, it irritates me to no end. Um, Alan Trammell is another guy that I think was just an elite shortstop um, at his time, a better hitter than uh, really any shortstop in the American League at that time, and the best defender that I think should be in. And then Tim Raines, like you said. There's no excuse for Tim Raines. Uh, let me let me ask you about what, what we're talking about. This. Let, me, let, me, let me hit you with a couple of names and tell me whether you'd vote for him or not. Okay. Fred McGriff. Yes, probably, but I uh, I don't or is, know. Or is he? Is, is some of the guys on the on the on have called it? Is he in the Hall of Fame of very good? Yeah, he he, he may be in the the Hall of, yeah Hall of very good uh, rather than the yeah. uh, you know it's hard to discount his numbers. You know, I mean he had eighty six one thirty four plus. I mean, you know, and he probably is i probably if it came down to it he's not among my first probably 10 votes uh, for people that are eligible right now but at some point i'd probably vote for him if i had a vote don mattingly no i don't think so uh he, his his peak mattingly's peak was as good as just about anyone and and you may uh, he reminds me sort of an, of another guy that you may be getting ready to mention which is del murphy a very high peak great player at that time but yeah. you know just i didn't think had the longevity to really again hall of very good absolutely um, two, two more, and then I'll let you go. Sure. Edgar Martinez. Absolutely, without question, 100%. I'd vote for Edgar Martinez. Yeah, I wouldn't vote for him on a bet. Well, if you got if Paul Molitor's in, Edgar Martinez has to be in. Just because you make one mistake, don't mean you make another. I don't think it's a mistake, and I guess we'll agree to disagree on this one. Look at his he's numbers. A player to be in the Hall of Fame. The guy could hit. Oh, but he's such such an elite hitter that it uh, to to me it mitigates the fact that he didn't play. Uh, defense but i understand the argument on the other side where you're coming from you know okay last one mark well, mcguire before i before i answer mcguire let me say again about martinez mm-hmm. um you know major league baseball decided that dh was a position if they if major league baseball hadn't decided that you know you could have a dh if it had to be he would have played first base or somewhere and been a hall of famer because um, he would hit like that regardless of whether he was a, a below average defensive player um so that's why I think Martinez is a 
Hall of Famer. Mark McGuire, absolutely yes, a Hall of Famer. See, I, I, I knew, couldn't do it. I, I could not bring myself, just like Barry Bonds, couldn't do it. I could not bring myself to do it. Because of the steroids? Absolutely. Eh, that doesn't bother me. I, I don't care. Okay. Um, I'd be happy to take a pill to become the best uh, baseball blogger in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. Um, but I would. I, I just, that doesn't. Um, but, you know, I'm glad to hear you though say that you wouldn't vote for those guys um, on the on the steroid because of the steroid issue, but you're not doing like some of these idiot baseball writers have been doing and lumping Jeff Bagwell in there. No, uh, with those guys. Unless it's, I mean, you know, and, and let's be honest, you know, there are probably guys that 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 cheated in that way that whose names have never been mentioned. You know, that got away with it. Right. And I don't have any idea who those guys were. And we're but not you gonna... have to be you have to be more than naive to believe that Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds didn't cheat. Well, there's there's some evidence. Yeah, there you go. Of that. There, there's no uh, evidence of anything with respect to, to Bagwell and Yeah. Um, it's just he, suspicions because he was really strong. Yeah. I mean it'd be like saying that I, and I'm not saying and, and please I'm not saying Adam Dunn is a Hall of Famer. Yes he is. <laughs> but you know, it would be like saying that Adam Dunn was taking steroids. Adam Dunn's in my Hall of Fame. I don't know after last year whether you could put him in there or not. Oh, he's still in my Hall of Fame. That's all right. I, I went to, actually got to go see him. I was in Chicago and got to watch him play some. And uh, he only struck out about, I think, four times that day. Um, yeah, it was bad. But, yeah, no, you're right, though. I hope. I, I hope. He, he's another guy I'm rooting for this year for a for a turnaround season. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, well... Bill, that's about all we had to, to discuss here today. Uh, fingers crossed for Barry Larkin. And uh, anything else you want to want to mention before we sign off? It, if um, I'm always looking to do in, interesting interviews, um, I do the ones that I that I can find a way to get in contact with the people. Uh, we don't get a whole lot of support from the Reds organization in terms of trying to make contact with people. If any of our any of our listeners have a suggestion of an interview they'd like to hear, I'd love to hear that. Or if they have a contact um, for you know with someone that they think we would like to interview, you know, if they know someone, drop us an email and let us know. I, we're, I'm always looking for for new people. I would love to be able to get uh, some old time Reds and do an interview with with a Jim Maloney or a. Dave Parker or a Freddie Norman or somebody like that. I think those would be fabulous interviews, but I don't know how to get in touch with people like that. Um, if anybody can help us with those kinds of things, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, drop, drop us an email. Uh, email addresses are on the, uh, site at redlegnation.com and, and come hang out at redlegnation.com. There's been a lot of really good, uh, arguments and conversations here in the last little bit, uh, as we, approach the 2012 season, uh, which will be our eighth season covering the Cincinnati Reds at Redleg Nation. Wow. So uh, it's hard to believe, really. Um, I, it, just, it blows my mind. But uh, We need to get a life. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, Bill, I appreciate you joining us here today. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Always fun. We didn't argue about as much this time, so I'm a little concerned. I don't like when we agree too much. Um so we'll, uh, we could we could have we went off on the on the on the Mark McGuire thing, but we you know we kind of wound it down. Yeah, we'll maybe some other time, and maybe we'll find some other topics next time that we can. Uh, uh, you can say something uh, incorrect, and uh, I can correct you. Uh, or we can discuss your man love for Dusty Baker. Oh, Dusty, come on now! <laughs> I love Johnny B. Baker now. Come on. Um, yeah, we didn't. Even, uh, maybe the first time or the second time that Dusty's name got mentioned, we sort of stayed away from Dusty this time. Kind yep. of proud, kind of proud of us. Yeah, we did good uh, today. <laughs> Bill, appreciate you joining us uh, today, and and thanks to all you guys for downloading the, the podcast or listening through the website. Uh, you got a lot of things you can do for your entertainment time, um, and appreciate you joining us, taking the time to do that. We uh, we enjoy talking about the Reds. Hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, like I said, come to RedLegNation.com and join in on the conversation there, and. You know, follow us at uh, at Red Leg Nation on Twitter um, and at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash redlegnation. Uh, sort of join the community. We've got a great uh, group of uh, regular commenters, and we're always looking for uh, for new people to join us. 
uh, we have a good time talking about our, our team for better or for worst. For better or for worse, they're our team. And, um, and so come join the conversation. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Bye.